This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic Earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Blocks sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world-building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that might not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Do you hear that? In the cruel blackness of night, an unknowable evil from beyond time cries out. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham? And which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call? The Call of Cthulhu. Nerdy Show and 10,000 League Seaworthy Soap bring you Part 9 of the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Tonight's strange story, Curtain Call. Nothing is stronger than the mighty ocean, the crashing waves, the stinging salt, the crushing pressures of the briny below. Now you can harness that power with 10,000 leagues seaworthy soap. With a shanty in your heart and a swipe of your sponge, this cleaning agent can scour any stain, letting you set sail on spick and span surfaces that shimmer in the sunlight. 10,000 leagues seaworthy soap is based on a tried and true formula used by Greek mariners for millennia. Mighty enough to fight the relentless siege of Poseidon himself, and yet gentle on landlubber skin. Ask your shopkeep to stock 10,000 leagues seaworthy soap and send dirt and grime to unknown depths. Mildred and Woodrow Elias are dead. But are their attempts to summon the Yellow King thwarted? The veil between our world and another place are thin. Grand mirrors line the walls of the Monarch Theater, showing a haunting landscape not of our world. And in the motions of Mildred's hypnotized dancers and the horrendous song of her winged demons, the ritual persists. Madness has taken hold as Estelle Thorpe executes those who would unleash hell on Earth. And up in the balcony, a delirious cherry featherbottom takes aim at Anna, believing her to be the true mastermind of these nightmares. Cherry, put down the gun. Please. Stop it! I pump every round I have into her. Roll to fire with penalty dice. Oh, to hell with that. I'm going to tackle her to the ground. That's all good and well, but she's already poised to fire. Well, I'm not about to be a sitting duck. I dive and take cover behind the seats. That you can do. 
19 to dodge. I, uh, missed two of my three shots, but got a critical to damage. Kenny, give me your brawl roll. The 38. Anna, you're just fast enough to bolt behind the row of seats. Cherry gets out three shots before Kenny takes her down. Fortunately, the thing she critically destroys is the plaster head of a cherub holding a candelabra. Cherry is clearly seeing things that aren't there. This isn't the first crazy with a gun I ever dealt with. I've got her wrist forced in the sky just in case she tries to squeeze out another shot. I rush to help Kenneth, wrestling the gun from Cherry's hands. Kenneth, she is struggling. Cherry, roll strength to see how much of a fight you put up. (laughs) 94 out of 65. Okay, you're pinned, and this horrible Ana demon just wrenched the gun out of your hands. Cherry, Cherry, listen to me. We're your friends. Maybe I could use charm? Heck, I'm just going to knock some sense into her. Pin her against the wall and give her a firm smack across the face. Roll it. I succeed. Cherry, get your damn head straight. Cherry, make a sanity roll. Oh, I only rolled a five. You felt that hit. You're snapped out of it, and now you're coming out of a painful fog. You see your friends are all around you, looking very confused. What's happening? Good question. Let's find out. Estelle, you were having a bit of a crazy fit from murdering that conjoined people mess that you made. How are you doing? Very poorly. I got a 99. (laughs) Okay, D10. Nine. Ouch. Okay. As you pump around into the butler's head, you realize that in the mass of flesh, is Anna, and she looks like she might have been the first one that you killed. You don't remember when it happened. No, no, no. what have I done? Focus. Moses and Oswald, there's a lot going on here. Estelle's taking out the Eliases. You heard three gunshots in the back of the theater. There's these dancers and the bat creatures and the audience. Ah, hell, those bat demon things are the biggest threat as far as I can tell. I'll take a shot the one at stage left. Roll it. Success and three damage. You put a shot through one of its wings as it dances around. The creature chitters and then stops. Abruptly, the demon fixes its smoking blue eyes on you, peering directly into your soul. Very well. And Oswald. Oswald has the um, crowbar. He's going to run past Moses straight for the demon that he just shot at. You do love me. I do. You stay away from my mountain man. Go for brawl. 54 out of 75. You smack this thing with your crowbar. Black blood gushes out of the tear you've rent in its side. This thing stands up on its haunches ominously. And in one sudden fluid motion, it's on you, trying to maul you with its claws. But Oswald, you're able to keep that crowbar between you and it pretty well. You fight in the finest hobo fashion. That's right, I'm the king. As he keeps this demon away from me, is it horizontal so I can take another shot at him? Yeah, you can take a little sidestep and fire shot. It is at least a four. Okay, max damage and then roll it again. 12 plus 8, 20. Okay, excellent. As your hobo associate, Sinclair, bats this thing, you get a good shot at it. You fire, hit it dead center. This thing's chest peels open, spilling liquefied red 
and black gore all over the ground, indescribable organs as they just splash onto the ground in front of Oswald, and this thing collapses in a heap. All right. Buddy obliged. Would you look at that? Nice work, fellas. Cherry, are you all right? Can you fight? I get on my feet. I can manage. There any booze left in that? I toss her a mostly empty bottle of whiskey. Good enough. Let's put an end to all of this. I hand Cherry back her gun. <laughs> Oswald uh, takes a look at uh, Moses and gives a knowing nod and kind of points his crowbar, like kind of like Babe Ruth calling out his home run right for the other demon. Across the stage on the other side? Oh, yes. The dancers seem to be ignoring you. Exit. Stage right. And Oswald is wildly flailing, ready to strike like a madman. As he goes running across the stage from one side to the other, an impossibly long arm reaches out of one of the mirrors and just grabs him. <laughs> the team from the balcony make their way downstairs and into the main hall in time to see not just one gigantic arm grabbing Oswald on stage, but arms are now emerging from all of the mirrors. There's not any reflection of the theater left. The vistas are as clear as windows, and these arms, they're long, disproportionately long. Sickly, pale human skin wrapped in yellow cloth with elongated humanoid hands, three times what you'd expect from a normal person. Everyone in the room, roll sanity. Yeah, it's only a 13 for me. I mean, this isn't, you know. I had 100. <laughs> if you make it, 1d3. If you fail, 1d10. Ah, I lost nine. Oswald loses three. I got one. The gambler and the mountain man do not handle this well. And Estelle is still preoccupied with their own personal nightmare. Anna? I've lost five sanity. Oh, this is not good, Anna. You see the arms coming in and Estelle's body hunched over the strange gore of the Eliases, you get this sinking feeling that something is very wrong. Estelle stands and turns towards you. She's wearing that mask, but it's yellow now, and so are her eyes. Her face is smeared with blood. The corpses of the Eliases erupt into yellow flame backlighting her as she strides towards you, eyes glowing. Bastard, <laughs> grant me strength. <laughs> the gods of Earth are dead, beloved. Can't you smell the rot? The writhing ones in the dark have shown me the truth. Still, still no, no, my love. The light of love is an obscenity, the greatest lie. Love is no noble power. Love is control. Love is a parasite, infecting and molding feeble minds to do its bidding. This is not you, Estelle. This is deception. Love is my strength. Love is my blade. Sweet words. The greatest tools to subjugate. The quickest path to fuck a naive Indian girl and make her my willing slave. No. No. We... We bask in the light. We see the unseen. We... Estelle starts convulsing human. Behold, beloved. Behold the great truth. We are just vessels for the king's power. 
her abdomen bulges in several places and yellow hands erupt from her, coming after her. <laughs> you should have stayed at home, little girl! No! <laughs> no. 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 Anna, what... What the heck just happened? She was just kind of talking to herself and then screamed and ran out of the theater. And where's Estelle? She's sobbing over by the corpses, but you've got bigger things to worry about. These hands are reaching deeper into the room, flailing, darting, getting dangerously close, and there's still an ice demon on the stage. Moses, one of these arms has grabbed Oswald, but you realize that if you go through that mirror, to its source, you can stop it. My first time to not be a coward. Don't worry. And I run through and jump at the mirror. The mirror ripples and he is gone. Kenny, after all the chicken that you've prepared, Estelle has a veritable bounty of chicken in front of her. She must have worked for days to prepare this and it looks delicious. Now, what in tarnation? You went ahead and put together some kind of poultry party without inviting your old pal, Kenneth? Reckon I'll just stride up there and see what's what? See if these birds meet my impeccable standards. Yeah, you grab a roasted leg right off that bird and dig in. Mm-mm. Oh yes, it's succulent, perfectly brined, expertly seasoned. And for some reason, Estelle is sobbing all over it. Estelle, this maniac is just tearing chunks off of Anna's corpse and cramming them into his mouth. No, that's her body, you monster! I'd take the butt of my rifle and beat him off with it, of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take more than a just a butt to beat me off. <laughs> Kenny, are you gonna try to fight back or just try to avoid her as you I imagine she play uh, fights with you? you know, Too hungry yeah, to move. Yeah, I, I would probably just kind of okay. dodge. How hard did she beat me off with her butt? Not hard enough. Estelle, if you want to go ahead and take a brawl. <laughs> 41 out of 25. Yeah, you effortlessly push her aside. You hit her. Next time you try to beat me off, you better use both hands. Meanwhile, back to the two sane people. We're going to bring this around. So, how am I the one being dragged into the mirror <laughs> and I'm the sane one? You're kicking your legs in the air as this massive hand clutches you and you watched helpless as Moses ran into the mirror and disappeared. But... Maybe he was up to something, because soon after, the hand just lets go of you. I'm going to roll climb okay. to try to hold on in the arm to let it pull me through. Uh, I nailed it dead on. Okay, so you grapple this arm. It begins to pull back, but not to go all the way back in. You see it kind of plants itself flat, and another arm comes out through the mirror, and it almost looks like a person, but it's not. It doesn't have the proportions of a person. It looks like a giant man clad in tatters of yellow. Not just this mirror, but through all of the mirrors in this place. He's pulling himself out through it. I literally have no idea what to do right now. I'm going to shoot the mirrors. 43 out of 55. You effortlessly fire off a few shots and you break three of the mirrors lining the hall. Moses, you're in the middle of your combat haze. We'll come to you in a moment because okay. you're about to be relevant again. I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> Cherry, the shattered mirror fragments from the ones you just shot, mm -hmm. you realize with horror that smaller versions of the hands are pulling themselves up out of the individual broken pieces of the mirror. Oh no. Oswald, 
you're latched onto this giant hand as it pulls itself back into the mirror that Moses dove into. It's pulling you in. You feel a wet chill as you cross the threshold into another world. The air is sour like a corpse's breath. (coughs) Not good. From within, you can see the opposite side of all the mirrors looking into the theater and the Yellow King's massive form impossibly reaching in from all points simultaneously. To look upon it is an instant migraine. I'm not looking at that mess. I'm looking for Moses. Well, what you do see is a looming, gaunt figure, about ten feet tall, clad in undulating yellow fabrics. Its face is a mask of leather and crude metal ascending to form a crown of spikes. The mouth and eye holes are pitch black voids. Oswald uses his hobo running abilities like he would run on the top of a train car. Tries to uh, run up the arm regardless of whatever horrifying thing it is to see if he can get to or at least see Moses. As the arm draws you close to the body of the tattered king, you see Moses scrabbling around from the back of it using one of the loose strips of yellow cloth to ascend. Climbing this giant body like a true mountain man. He latches onto this thing's chest and Oswald sees you. If you let go of the king of the hobos, they need their king. Moses, Moses, no, a king is nothing without his queen. At this point, you're hanging on the yellow king's shoulder and your sense of gravity shifts as this gigantic body you're both climbing leans out of the portal so that now you're both back in the theater. And in the theater, Cherry, you see this happen in all the mirror pieces. Horrifying yellow bodies all leaning out into your world. But the figure coming out of the mirror at center stage, that's the only one that has Moses and Oswald clinging on to it. Cheese and crackers. So Moses and I aren't too far apart right now. Yeah, you're both on the same plane right now. Spatially, dimensionally. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to jump onto him and using my body weight pull him off on back onto okay. the floor. Yeah, make a strength. You check. know, like you know, spider monkey him. And I got gotcha. you, Kevin Costner and the bodyguard. Like exactly. Like I'm, Kevin I'm Whitney Houston. I made it uh, 62. Okay, so you pry him off and begin to carry him to safety. And I... <laughs> Cherry. I'm gonna go over to Estelle. Estelle, what's wrong? <laughs> I've got Cherry. Uh, help me, Dave. I've got to put all the pieces back together so I can Why? so I can bring Anna back to life. Look what Anna, they did to her. No, Anna left. She's not here. That's not her. Estelle, make a sanity roll. Forty-five out of out of thirty-five. Okay, so she's, she's saying words, but they don't make any sense. <laughs> no, she's right here. She's right here. Wait, Kenneth. Jesus Christ! What the hell's wrong with you? Stop eating Mildred's brains. Sanity roll. I feel like going sane at this part will just hurt him even more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> 37 out of 55. Okay, so... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you eating Mildred's brains? What in the Sam hell? Sanity roll. Uh, I got a 35 out of 55. Okay, you lose a point. You just chalk it up to a really bad day. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> out of everything that's happened. Why not try it? Kind of creamy. Try it. Something must have come over me, but uh, Kenny, what are you up to now? You uh, have come to terms with the fact that brains aren't that bad. Things are kind of looking freaky right now. Is something still crawling out of all the mirrors? 
Yes, and it's massive. Except it, for all the tiny ones. Well, hell, I got brain dribbling down my chin and giant yellow freaking men crawling out of every hole. I pull out my 45 and shoot the nearest one. Seems like the only logical damn thing to do. Yeah, go for it. I got a 10 out of 55, so I guess that's probably critical or something. Yeah, max damage. D10 plus 2, 12 plus 9. OK, 21 damage to the Yellow King. Your shot rips through his neck, and yellow, thick, syrupy blood pours out of the gaping wound. Oh, for fuck's sake. Estelle? Yes, yes, I've, I've almost got all the pieces together. It's just, oh, oh god, it's, oh my darling, I'm, I'm so sorry. Make another sanity check. <sighs> oh no, 71. Okay, well, at least Kenny stopped trying to eat your lady. Once I've got her back together, then, uh, then I'll read the words and uh, she'll be okay. Well, uh, Oswald, you help Moses up from where you landed on the stage, and before you, the Yellow King takes a step into the theater and pulls himself upright into the room. All of the figures, all different sizes, tiny ones emerging from the shattered fragments to full-size monstrosities, they all flicker. Mildred's dancers have formed a semicircle around you and that most central yellow king. And suddenly, all the other mirror image kings disappear except for this one. And he becomes even more horrifyingly vivid. I think it's time we made our exit, Cherry. You gotta know when to fold them. And... Get it together, Kenny. If we don't take this thing out, all our chips are gonna be cashed. I'm gonna try to rouse Moses. Moses still in a daze. Make your sanity roll. Fail. Okay. Yeah, he seems like he's ready to just tear away from you and fight this thing again. I can use my uh, persuade. Go for it. Right. Uh, 72 out of uh, 55. <laughs> Moses, we have to get out of here. You didn't see it where it came from. It does go back, and it, it needs to stay here. We need to go. I saw the other side, and I know that he does not belong here. We need to cut him off. Cut him off at the pass. That's how we do it. You, you box him in. We need to go back to the mirror, and there's mountains there. There's mountains. I know the mountains. I know them well. And there's only new mountains over there. They're taller than ever. Make sure he can't get back into those. We got him. We got him for good. He wrestles himself free of you and makes a dash towards the nearest mirror. Oh, no, you don't. As you both run off, the king opens his mask like a door. And from the parting halves, a mass of writhing pale suckers spill out. They pool around the remaining ice demon, and there's a sickening, wet, crunching sound as it's pulled up and disappears into whatever passes for the king's maw. To hell with this. Come on, Kenneth. You made a bleed once. Let's do it again. I charge up close to the stage and take a shot at this freaky thing. 19 out of 55. Okay, roll for damage. Three. You hit it. You can't tell if you've done anything. This thing is huge, and that bullet doesn't seem to done too much. God damn it. I'm a coming. I run up there next to her and I fire off a few more rounds. I can shoot up to three times in one go with my 45, so I'm going to do that. Okay. The penalty for multi-shots counteract the bonus you get for the king being such a big target, so it's just a standard roll for all three. 10, 90, and 84. So one of them is critical. Okay. <laughs> Eat lead, you yellow piece of shit. You're firing wildly but the first shot connects solidly with the Yellow King's head. 29. The slug hits the undulating mass of white and purplish suckers 
and a burst of putrid gore and bone spills out on the stage. All of the sucker mouths start murmuring, a humming, multiplying a thousand times over. It is really not happy with you. Well, the feeling's mutual. The king lashes out. Several of the flowing rags around his form quake with a sudden stiffness and zap towards you like razor filaments. Well, shoot. Guess I'm gonna try to dodge him. Or you could use Brawl. Even better. Roll for three of them. 10 out of 70, 97 out of 70, and 6 out of 70. These lashing filaments come at you, begin wrapping around you, and you bash away at them as they begin to pull you towards them. You manage to rip a few of them free and get yourself dropped to the ground just as it yanks, and you see the filaments retreat into its body. Tarnation! Estelle? I, I, uh, I failed my sanity check. Well, you've managed to get what you believe to be Anna's shattered face back together as well as you possibly can. Yes, yes, oh, goddess preserve us, Bastet, give me strength. Let this work. Come back to me, Anna. Rhyme harmonies in life and death ye find. Fear chosen, revisit life to death. Shine, Azathoth, demon of stars ye find. Tendrils of lightning burst all across the front of the field. The conjoined bodies of Woodrow and Pelham wrapped around the corpse that you've been cradling disintegrate into dust once again. And in that same moment, the entire gibbering audience and all of the people on stage, with the exception of your associates, fall apart into innumerable powdered particles. The king pauses and stiffens, as though taking a moment to survey what's transpired. He then gently locks up his writhing face behind his mask and takes a bow. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, I'm trying to wrestle Moses out of the mirror over here. Yeah, you better do that fast because the king is theatrically stepping backwards towards that same mirror. Oh, shit. Take a luck roll. No, no, 84 out of 75. So you grab him, tackle him to the ground. You're bigger than him, so you manage to pull him back a little bit. You feel your foot splash into a pool of what you can only hope is water on the other side of the uh, mirror. Not good. Not, not great. But you seem to have thrown him back into the stage. Acceptable. The king is right on top of you. And despite being several sizes larger than this mirror, with a mere step, his entire body is on the other side of it. And as soon as that happens, all of the mirrors shatter. And Oswald, your left leg, just below the knee, is not in this dimension anymore. <laughs> uh, Does that feel strange? Five hit points. Is my leg severed? Oh yeah. But it's clean. Yeah. Well, that's good. Have I come back to my senses yet? Yes. <sighs> Christ almighty, Oswald! I rush over to him and, and I try to make a fast tourniquet. M- M- Moses. Shh, hang on, buddy. Hang on. But my leg. Don't, I... you, don't you worry none about your leg right now. Is my leg in some other place? Quiet now. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, I need that leg for walking. <laughs> I want my leg back. Wherever it is, I'm sure it's having a great time. Thank you, Fred. I'd give you a hand, but uh, it looks like you need more of a leg. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, gambler. This ain't no time to be cruel.
Aside from the broken mirrors and the dust, there's hardly any evidence that anything happened here, except the mangled body that Estelle is holding. What? Uh, uh, ah! I, I drop Mildred's corpse to the ground and stand up. Estelle! Cherry! Are you okay? Where's Anna? I, I killed I killed her! Cherry, I- No, you didn't. She I, ran out of here ages ago. Where? Where'd she go? I- I don't know. I look around. Uh, what happened? A lot. I lumber up to the foot of the stage, carrying Oswald. <gasps> Oswald! It's, uh, it's okay. I'm alive. We lost a good bit of leg here. No, I, I, I can still feel it. I, I, th- I think it's still there. It's in that place. A hush now. Uh, did... Did we win? Well, it's over, if that's what you mean. Estelle, are you okay, darling? Because I either need to cauterize this wound here now, or we gotta go get Oswald to a hospital. Yeah, and I got this wound here. It ain't getting any better. We have to find Anna, and we have to burn this place to the ground. Uh, Kenneth, Cherry, see what you can find to start a fire. Good idea. We'll make it look like an accident. Like vagrants or something. Excuse me? You're gonna blame vagrants? Vagrants. I lost a leg! Can't you blame some children? Where did you lose it, specifically? Into another dimension! What does that word mean? I don't even know. (laughs) In a mirror. I lost that. Maybe... If I look in every mirror I see, maybe I'll find my leg. I miss that sweet leg. Moses, take Oswald to the back. I'll bring the car around and hopefully find Anna. We'll find him, ma'am. I promise you that. Estelle. You're heading straight to the car? Yes, I'm calling out for Anna all the way, keeping my eyes peeled. No such luck. Anna! 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 Anna, darling! Oh, Bastet, guide me. Please, goddess, bring me to her. You've made it down to the car, and we're about to unlock it when you hear strained breathing further down the alley. Anna? I walk closer, carefully. Anna, is that you? I spring out at this deceiver. It has her face, but not for long. I dive low at her ankle to take the knife I know she keeps in her boot. Hmm. Uh, give me a dexterity roll. Six out of sixty. How dare you? How dare you wear her skin? Estelle, Anna has your knife, and I think she wants to cut a monster out of your body. Can I wrestle it away from her, or or, or dodge? Well, she's already got the blade by the time you react, but you can do either. She's coming at you, fast. I try to fight back and restrain her. 24 out of 25? I slash at this thing wearing her face. You'll not have her, you devil. And you'll not have me. I'm no pawn to love. I am love. I am free! Give me an attack roll. I fail, 85. Anna is slashing madly. Still, you're able to slip around her. I do exactly that, and I grab her from behind. I restrain her arms. I, uh, I hold her wrists, pulling her close to me. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Beloved, it's all right. I've got you, my love. It's going to be okay. No! Your sick love can't bind me. I'm no timid thing you can tame. I smash her body back against the car. I am the flame of love, and I will 
burn you out of her, monster! Estelle, can you hold her? Maybe, but I won't. Bestet, please let me reach her. I release her. I open my arms, vulnerable, but hers. I'm yours, Anna, my darling. You are my flame. You're my light. I'm just a flicker, but when our hearts burn together, there's... There's no darkness in the world, please, Anna. Anna, everything comes to you in a wave of clarity. You see Estelle. You really see her. No consuming, monstrous love. This is the woman who you discover the world with. You see your conjoined stories reflected in her eyes. The light that you share. I... I drop the knife. Beloved, I... Oh, thank Bastet. I grab her so tight. I... It's okay. You're okay. (laughs) 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 Moses and Oswald, you were starting to get worried, but the car pulls up with both Estelle and Anna in it. Well, ain't that a lovely sight? Oh, oh yeah, they're they're real pretty with their two whole legs. <laughs> Save your breath. At least you're still a mite bit handsome. <laughs> Cherry and I have run out of the building. Oh hey, we might have gotten a little bit carried away. Best that we skedaddle. All right, time to go. It's a speedy car ride to the nearest hospital. You're alive, but the nightmares will certainly linger. You can. At the very least, rest easy knowing that you fought back a horrifying power. Maybe save the world. Maybe, but there's still a great many loose ends to sew up. concludes the penultimate episode of this series of the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Estelle Thorpe and her merry band of curiosity seekers have survived and repelled repugnant forces beyond human comprehension. Many mysteries remain. Tune in in two weeks' time for the thrilling conclusion to the terrible secret of Lot X. But fret not, friends. Though the end of this series draws near, there's more Lot X festivities to come. First of all, we're excited to announce that you can now embellish your life with official merchandise for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. On our Tee Public store, you'll find two designs and a number of variations based on this series, including a highly collectible fish coin design showcasing the majestic red herring, as well as a more Egyptian-influenced deco design featuring the goddess Bastet and the powerful mantra, Love is our strength, love is our blade. You'll find them as comfortable t-shirts in a wide variety of colors, but also notebooks for the cunning investigator. Or mugs, totes, stickers, a plethora of possibilities for showcasing your occult audio drama sensibilities. As you know, there is more to come. Series 3 has been recorded. However, 
Following our final episode, we're going to be throwing a Cthulhu Q&A with the cast and crew for an evening of behind-the-scenes stories and retrospection on this, our most complex audio drama endeavor to date. We recommend waiting until the final episode is aired before you write in, in case our investigators solve a mystery or two in the remaining program. But consider this fair warning. It approaches. Submit your questions to the Cthulhu Q&A by emailing Cthulhu at nerdyshow.com or messaging us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cthulhu Mystery. Question submissions will be open until April 18th, the anniversary of that terrible day when several bodies were found at the Arkham Dump. In the meantime, while you're eagerly anticipating our final installment and devising your devious questions, Perhaps you might consider going one step further and spreading the word about our Sinister series. Rate and review the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Podchaser, Barry I said, I listen to a lot of live play RPG podcasts and the Nerdy Show crew never fail to top the crowd. It is extremely immersive and satisfying. And on Apple Podcasts, we were treated to a review entitled Dark and Rich as Chocolate Cake by... C.E. Schooner. They say, This is truly one of my favorite audio dramas ever. It is absolutely enthralling, and the effort and love put into crafting each episode shows every single time. I got hooked immediately and eagerly await every episode. Noise Bunny said in a review entitled Legends, Lunacy, and Laughs, This is, by far, one of the best actual play audio drama podcasts I've ever had the pleasure to hear. What is particularly wonderful about the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is that despite being so well produced in radio drama fashion, you don't lose the fact that it's a game as well. You know the roles matter. I hope to see a reprise of Father Grandfather one day. Hail Cthulhu! Boy, that old codger sure does get a lot of fan mail. While the good father's fate is sealed, I can tell you that the man behind him, Brandon Gerson, will return in Series 3 playing a young man named Dirt. Folks, these reviews are wonderful. I confess we've annotated what we've read in the interest of time, but we appreciate every single word and are so grateful for the adulations. A lot of love goes into this series, and uh, truth be told, if left to our own devices, we really wouldn't have any idea if it was good at all. So it's very reassuring to know that we've made something worthwhile. This series is quite expensive to produce, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we're a listener-supported endeavor, and this series wouldn't exist if it weren't for our devoted patrons. To help us continue our Cthulhu capers, head over to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. A dollar gets you early release episodes, and five dollars, and you'll be treated to outtakes and bonus content, and beyond that, well, you might have producerly aspirations. You'll be credited as a producer of this show, and you can wave that credential around Anywhere you like. You've invested in our quality programming. You've earned it. Now, perhaps the scholars among you are aware that The King in Yellow is in fact a real book. A tome of short stories written by Robert W. Chambers that were very influential to a certain Mr. Howard Phillips Lovecraft. A play and a yellow sign wormed its way into the horror master's writings. For those of you daring and deranged enough to seek the Yellow King for yourselves... We're excited to inform you that now you can, like never before. Prolific tabletop gaming author Kenneth Height has teamed up with artist Samuel Araya 
and Arc Dream Publishing to create an annotated edition of the Chamber's Classic. Each story is expounded on by Height, allowing keener insights into these deeply influential tales of dread, and the works are enhanced by the grim imaginings of Araya's full-page color plates and charcoal illustrations of the King. You can pick up a digital copy on DriveThruRPG or, for the rare book collectors out there, you might wish to indulge in the limited edition hardcover, bound in serpent skin patterned leather with a gold foil embossing. It's said that only 1,200 copies are known to exist, the perfect shelf mate for your Necronomicon. We'll have links to where you can find this must-have addition to your Lovecraftian library on this episode's page. Now, uh, apologies for my long-winded ramblings. I get prone to meander in the dead of the night with uh, nothing but black coffee, top hats, and a microphone in front of me. We'll see about putting a bow on this. This evening, I've selected a track for you that I feel aptly ends this story before we begin our epilogue. It's called Archimedes Plutonium, and it's performed by Ramona Falls. Ramona Falls is a music project of Brent Knopf, who you might know as one of the founding members of the band Menomina. Knopf has released three incredible collections of music as Ramona Falls. Be sure to check out his most recent release, Coils, a stupendous record of hope and heartbreak, which you can purchase from RamonaFalls.com as a limited edition long player. Archimedes Plutonium is from his second album, Prophet. And after everything that's transpired for our characters, particularly the trials of Estelle and Anna, I hope you'll find this a fitting coda.
Thanks for listening to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And be sure to subscribe to our series via your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Episode 9, Curtain Call, was written and performed by Luke Stram, Cap Blackard, Nikki Holland, John Sebastian Laval, Boar, and Joshua LaForge, with Manic Screams by James Barbarossa and Melody Pereira as the voice of Anjana. This episode's advertisement for 10,000 League Seaworthy Soap was written in part by Dizdon Bates and Decepticon Zombie via the Nerdy Show Network Discord. The series is edited and produced by Colin Peterson and Cap Blackard, and the original score is composed and performed by Ryan McQuinn and Mike McQuinn of Neon Dolphin, home for all your custom music needs and more, neondolphinmusic.com. For full episode credits and links to where you can purchase this series' original score, as well as character sheets and other supplemental material, visit CthulhuMystery.com. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is proudly played using Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, available at fine role-playing retailers everywhere. This program and all programs on the Nerdy Show Network are made possible by the support of listeners like you. With special thanks to our Patreon producers, Isa Biz, Allison Parent, David Van Pelt, Aaron Ramsey, Evan Baumel, Hoodoo Voodoo, Jameson Lalone, Dr. Talos, Joshua Westfall, Patrick Webster, R. Scott Diedrich, Sean Hutchinson, Sean T. Red, and Zombie Pops. Join us at patreon.com slash nerdyshow or head to nerdyshow.com slash support for additional ways to contribute. All characters appearing are fictitious, and any resemblances to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This has been the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Good night. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to the Strata. There's two of them following me. I know that for sure. Hand over the package and we'll let you go. You'll let me go? Oh, that's cute. The first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes. Look out! Let's go! Move it! Yeah, run! That's it! And spread the word. Don't mess with Rust. Ever. Anyone who tries is gonna... Oh, forget it. The Strata. In a dystopian city, an aging courier is forced to go into business with an underworld ganglord in order to pay for the treatment that keeps him alive. Check out The Strata anywhere you listen to podcasts.